I want to thank our sponsors, Athletic Greens, who created AG1, one of the most innovative packets of supplements, including 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. These ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. I personally started using Athletic Greens and love the way I feel in the morning after I drink it. And I no longer have energy crashes throughout the day. And the best part is that it's delicious. The founder of Athletic Greens created AG1 because he experienced a ton of gut health and ended up on a complicated and expensive supplement routine to recover. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash yasmine. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash yasmine, Y-A-S-M-E-E-N, to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hi, my name is Yasmin Terehi, and this is Gateways to Awakening, where we host one-on-one conversations with leading experts in wellness, well-being, and spirituality. Today's episode is about how to own your thoughts and create your reality with Althea Montgomery. Althea is the owner of Creative Clearings. She's a quantum energy healer and an intuitive business strategist. She simplifies the subject of energy healing, making it practical, fun to maximize positive results in people's personal and professional lives. I have personally worked with her and stand by what she offers. She's incredible. And I'm so excited to connect with her today on the show. Her website is www.creativeclearings.com. And we'll leave that in the show notes as well. All right. So welcome to the show, Althea. Thank you, Yasmin. Good to be here. So Althea, uh, can you tell us what does it mean to create your life and your own reality um, from your perspective? Hmm. Well, we're creating our lives and I would say more of creating it consciously. It happens a lot unconsciously. So the work I like to do is help people become more aware of what they're thinking, what they're focusing on, and how their states of being are being reflected back to them, rather than just default, seems like stuff is just happening that you like or you don't like, and you just kind of have to deal with it. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's so interesting, because I know when we started working together, I think, um, you know, one thing that you mentioned was, was how we're creating our own reality with our thoughts, our belief systems, which is kind of creating our identity. And I just think that's such a powerful point because I think a lot of people don't quite, you know, understand what that means. And um, yeah, maybe you could talk a little bit more about, about that. Yeah. So I love that you use the word creating identity because that's basically what it is to simplify it is we are shifting into different states of being, which encompass what you could call an identity. So the thing that gets a little tricky is most of us aren't aware of how powerful our thoughts are. And it's not to be afraid of our thoughts, but taking a step back and being non-judgmental will allow you to really take a neutral look and go, oh yeah, 
okay, I can see how I created all those crap I don't like. And from that point, then you can create something different. So collapsing in and out of different states of being is happening to all of us all day, every day at speeds that our mind cannot comprehend. And the thing is, it could be something as simple as you would never know there might be a molecule that's changed in the chair. And that means you're in a different state of being. So each state of being you have has, I would say, probably trillions of different points of view. So thankfully, you don't have to worry about that point of view, the version of me that's with the love of my life. You don't have to go in and nitpick every single you know, negative thought or belief you have, thankfully. It's just really embodying what do you think you're going to feel like? What, how would you move uh, throughout the world and how would you be thinking from that state of you already being with the love of your life, feeling whole and complete? Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like, uh, you know, and I think something about that space of being in like the first person versus the third person, like, or like watching yourself as opposed to being in that space already. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm curious, you know, how do you sort of catch your thoughts? Because I think a lot of people are on autopilot for most of the day. Right? <laughs> just, I mean, you know, it's so difficult. We wake up, we have the same thoughts, you know, my, and it's like, we're almost like looking for things to worry about or stress about. It's like, we can't just be steady state and content because maybe that feels kind of uncomfortable, you know, to us. Yeah. I mean, many people think they don't usually think it consciously. Some do, but think that the purpose of life is to solve problems. Woohoo. How much fun is that? Uh, so yeah, we can feel awkward to take a look at our thoughts for one number one reason that I, I usually see is we're making them wrong. So if you're making your thoughts wrong and you're already judging yourself, you are most likely not going to look there. If you already have decided that all this stuff over here is wrong and bad, you're just going to avoid it. But if you drop the judgments and you're just curious about it, like, okay, what, what am I really thinking right now? How am I feeling after having this thought? How am I feeling after having this conversation? Without the agenda to beat up on yourself and make yourself wrong, you're just curious about it. That is the first step in the key. Stop judging yourself. Say easier said than done, but it really is just a choice. And one thing I've started saying to myself recently when I catch myself being mean to me um, is that I'm just not going to do this to myself anymore. That it's me. It's my thoughts. Even if you're having memories, they're in your head. It's no one else doing it to you. So I'm going to make an effort to be kinder to myself. And it just simply takes practice. It took practice to get you where you know you don't necessarily want to be. So it takes practice to be more in the flow of good thoughts and good experiences. Practice, but it doesn't necessarily have to take a long time either because people feel overwhelmed. They're like, ah, I gave up. Going back to my crappy thoughts. Forget <laughs> it. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking about uh, timing, like how fast have you seen changes take place you know, with people that you've worked with. I mean, you've worked with people over 20 years, so you probably have thousands of data points at this point. <laughs> well, yeah, I've been working with people. I've been healing people since I was a little kid. My business, uh, pro probably not 20 years if, I, if I'm, you know, open there. But yeah, we, I've been healing people since I came out of my mom's womb. I'm like, hello, I'm here, everyone. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm instantaneous with some things. It really depends on 
what the person has going on. It's dependent upon what their belief systems are, if they've gone through a trauma, being really open and receptive to the idea that this can shift instantly. So yeah, I've had stuff shift within seconds. And most of the time though, what I like to do is I always tell people, we have to identify what it is that you actually want because we tend to keep beating that drum of what I don't like, what I don't want. It's like, okay, so you have that. What is it that you actually want? Sometimes it's the complete opposite of what you don't want. But getting someone to the actualization of what they want and maintaining that space and that they feel confident in their ability to maintain the things they want, that's very important. And I found that if I tried to get people there too fast, like I can see the potential that maybe they're not ready for, it it wasn't good in the the early days. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this session. I'm going to fix everything up in one session and send them on the way. They're going to be happy. And it was just too much too fast for the person. They needed to get acclimated to trusting themselves again. So it's really dependent upon the individual situation and person, how fast it will shift. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, That's so powerful. And Althea, uh, what does energy and vibration mean to you? Because I think we spoke about this, you know, and I think a lot of people intuitively feel like going into a room or talking to certain people. Sometimes like you just feel kind of like strange sometimes after talking to certain people or your mood might shift or, you know, and so it's so interesting. I think those are two very different questions, but kind of related. Mm -hmm. So the first is what does energy and vibration mean to you? And then like, what does that mean when we come into contact with other people and places? Oh, I love that. I love that question. And I always like to look at it fresh because I could just be like, yeah, I thought it was this before. And I'm always open to things changing. So what I was getting right now when I tapped into that is when you're walking into a room or different places, you're going to be very aware if you're a sensitive person to other people's thoughts, projections, and even things that have happened in that space. So there's free-floating thought forms. There could have been happiness. There could have been traumas. But there's um, a density that can happen in certain spaces, and that's why it's good to do you know, energetic self-care and clean-up spaces. But it's also our own individual perception of what's heavy, what's negative, what's bad, what's good. So it is a fascinating mix to me that you could have multiple people walk into a room and they would all have a very different experience of what it feels like. Some people wouldn't even notice. You and I'd walk in a room and we'd be like, whoa, what happened in here? (laughs) (laughs) And other people would be like, what are you talking about? I'm hungry. Do they have food here? (laughs) I'm like, I'm not eating here. I'm out of here. So it really is a mix between they're, they're absolutely is imprinting and branding that happens in homes and, you know, certain places and the land around the world. But then it also does get mixed in with your individual points of view. So hopefully that answered that. That's what I'm getting right now. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And what about, you know, energy and vibration, like as it pertains to certain people? I mean, are we constantly in a, in a state of flux with our thought forms or do some people, you know, what does it mean to actually like have energy in the body? Cause I think a lot of people don't understand what that means in terms of how to manage it. Yeah. Uh, I do see that we're all always in constant flux. Everything's dynamic, but what tends to happen is many people go right back into the same states of being. 
they go back into the same thoughts, the same feelings. And so as we're collapsing and shifting into different states of being, we absolutely can go right back into the same stuff. And if we don't, if we're not aware that that's under our control and that we can change it, very often that's what will happen. There's a certain, I would say it's kind of like digging a divot, kind of like when we have thought loops and neural pathways that get deeper and deeper, the more thoughts we have. I see it similarly when I look into the quantum field that we have certain states of being that we like to hang out in. Those are our general set points. I don't like to call them set points because you can change them, but we're hanging out there. You know, that's just where we are. That's what we like to think about. That's what we like to do. And then when we go to change our points of view about things, we expand beyond that comfort zone and we start to open up to the truth that there are infinite parallel versions of each of us and that you get to pick whichever one you want to shift into. Mm, Hopefully that answered. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I love talking to you because it's so inspiring because I think a lot of people are just so stuck in this is who I am. This is, you know, all that life can, you know, can give me. And, uh, I just, I love your perspective on that. There's infinite versions of, of yourself and you can just shift your attention and awareness into each of these things. I mean, I, I'm really aware of this and yet I still have difficulty, you know, shifting, you know, maybe not compared to other people. I guess I do feel like I've (laughs) changed quite a lot, you know, just in general, but I, I do feel like there is a resistance you know, this kind of like resistance to going back to like what's familiar. Um, and so, you know, over the course of your, of your time working with people, what have you seen, you know, in terms of the people that you've worked with, um, as like characteristics or qualities or attributes that have allowed people to shift faster or more, um, more deeply than others? One of them would be let yourself feel your feelings. I mean, if you ever work with me, (laughs) I'll laugh. I'll cry if I feel like it. I'll be like, fuck this shit. I get angry. We have to give ourselves permission to genuinely feel and release any thoughts and feelings to not make anything wrong. And what I have found consistently happens is that people often don't know what they want. They don't know what they want and or they have decided that what they want is wrong. The other part of that is people often will hold on to something that they thought they wanted because they spent so much time and so much energy, you know, trying to focus on that that career, that person manifesting this thing that they won't let themselves actually be honest and say, you know what, I actually don't want this anymore. So I see a lot of people that will get stuck not knowing what they want. And when you stop judging yourself and you don't have to validate it to anyone else, but be honest with yourself, what would be fun for me? What do I actually want to create in my world? Then that is where the power is that you know where your target is. That's what I want. And it could be something as simple as, I just want to feel better today. I I get stuck with some things too, not anywhere near as much as I used to, and I have the tools. It's important to give yourself permission to feel angry, to cry. Like There's this thing that's toxic positivity that you got to let yourself be honest with how you're feeling, and then that 
brings in the energy that you know you can trust yourself, that I'm not going to judge me. I'm safe with me. All of my feelings are safe with me. And from this place of me supporting myself, now what do I want? You know, that's so, so important. I see people beat up on themselves all the time for years about I'm wrong, I'm bad, I'm not good at this, and overcomplicating consciousness. Have fun with it. It is really not serious. And I know that if someone is in the middle of, you know, having physical pain or they're in a trauma or they've just lost loved ones, I'm not asking anyone to smile and laugh and be all happy. Honor your feelings, but also realize that everything is okay and tap into that part of you that knows that this too shall pass. I'll be okay. And I'm going to be kind to myself and give myself what I need to the best of my ability. And then also call in people who could support me right now and being willing to receive. That's a big one that we talk about a lot is receiving infinitely, just receiving more and more and more. So that, that it takes practice. Like I said, it really takes practice, but it does get easier. I promise you it gets easier. Or I would have quit a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> so Althea, why do people uh, come to you and how do you work with them? Cause I, I was uh, recommended to you by someone who I really trust and I am so happy that we have worked together. Yeah. And so I'm just curious, you know, why do people come to you and what have you, what sort of things have you worked on? Oh, wow. Uh, why people come to me? I don't know. You don't have to ask them. Don't get me all shy now. Um, <laughs> yeah, they come to me because they they want to change their lives for the better. And they want to do it quickly and in a fun way. And they want to learn more about how to trust themselves. People come to me for, oh my gosh, everything. I help people with romance. I help people with money, body health, business stuff um alien stuff has come up like there's no limits to what I do you know I don't want to get bored but whatever content or something that's bothering someone they come to me but also they come to me to expand and create and have fun so it's not just about hey got a problem gotta call Althea it's we can create and expand and open up to even more possibilities um I, I do a lot of work with businesses as well um helping people to get in alignment with their message, their branding, a lot of stuff with calling in, manifesting, and allowing funding for all sorts of different businesses. Number one topic is relationships by far. I mean, everything technically is you, is a relationship of sorts, but romantic relationships is number one. And it's... um it's a lot of uh, big changes happen very quickly with the work I do. I, I love helping people. I don't even know if I'm answering your question properly because I can be like squirrel and bounce all over the place. But hey, um, <laughs> the part that I find most interesting is people want to learn more about themselves. But from a point of if I'm so powerful, how can I change this? And is it OK for me to be this powerful? Is it okay for me to be this powerful? Like, Althea, you're telling me that if I want this, I can have it, anything? Yes. Yes, anything. And taking away that energy of guilt and wrongness, that if you have a desire, that there's absolutely an aspect of you, a version of you that already has that desire, and there's nothing wrong with it. 
So I may have gone off on the tangent there, but I think it was good stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, it's no beautiful. I love it. I, and um, I'm curious if you can share maybe one or two stories of people that have gotten what they wanted without obviously yeah. providing their name or or any other details. But yeah, it'd just be fun to 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 share. Yeah, I mean, there was there was one woman in particular that had a lot of um, trauma from childhood and a lot of self-loathing. And within a very short period of time, probably six months, her whole life completely turned around. And she went from, you know, having chronic nervous system dysregulation to being happy most of the time and was able to actually go out and start working again. Um, as far as relationships, very often there were people that wanted to disentangle from an ex-boyfriend, girlfriend, or someone they used to be married to. And I do a lot of work, so too many to count, but some examples were, um, so romantic relationships where there was arguing and strife. And just even after one session, they would come back to me and be like, Althea, how in the world, you know, it's like a completely different person. We get along so much better. And that really comes from the client shifting their point of view of that person. So if you have an expectation that, you know, those person's always a jerk or they're not going to hear me, you're that powerful. You're going to create that version of them. Another one would be um, a lot of funding for businesses. Yeah, just instantaneous um, the calling in large amounts of money for funding for different businesses. Obviously can't go into details there, <laughs> but that's, <laughs> that's happened too many times to count. And the thing is, when you work with me, it's really up to the person what they want to do. And the, the clarity comes often that people will come in sometimes thinking that they want one thing. And then during the course of doing some sessions with me, they realize that's not what they wanted at all. And then their life takes a pretty big positive change because they're letting go of things that they really don't want anymore. Mm, powerful. Yeah, I love that. And I love, I want to emphasize the point of view piece because you had mentioned, you know, if someone changes their point of view, then their whole reality also shifts. Um, and can you say more about that point? Because for me, when we were working together, I really, really love that. It's like we have certain kind of fixed points of view on who people are. And if we shift that point of view, and I've been, you know, I've been trying to actually shift my per perception to seeing everyone as like the highest, best version of themselves. And it's kind of mind blowing when I go into that perspective, because people will actually show me the best version of themselves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we tend to get what we expect. We really do. So you you got to check yourself. Like I can get a little feisty sometimes. I like that about me, but man, if I'm in a mood and it has nothing to do with anybody else, that gets reflected back to me real quick. I'm like, ooh, better, better isolate myself for a moment if I want to be in this mood. But it is, it's this expectation of if you think somebody's a nice person, they're for the most part going to show up as a nice person for you, even if everybody else thinks they're a jerk. And if you look at it, the truth is there is no opposition. There literally is no opposition unless you want to make that up in your mind. And I know, I know people are like, no, this person did these horrible things to me and they're bad and they're wrong. But if you just roll with it here and hear me out, if you take a step back non-judgmentally and you're really honest with yourself, 
I can promise you, you can be aware of when your thoughts started changing about that person. There was something they said, something they did, something got triggered, might've been small. And then your thoughts started going into things like, I don't trust them. Mm. What are they doing behind my back? They reminded me of so-and-so who messed me over before. And then if you don't check those thoughts and reframe them to something more pleasant, it will generally play out until you have a big blow up where the person does seemingly betray you or you get rejected and things fall apart. But if you really take a step back and you're honest, you will see that with every situation that's happened and you can trace it back to where your thoughts started changing towards the so-called unwanted. Mm, powerful, powerful. And how do you reframe your thoughts? Like, let's say you wake up one day and you're just in a funk, you know, um, mm-hmm. and you don't know why. <laughs> I think uh, there's also something powerful that you have mentioned in the past, which is like asking yourself, is this, is this even my, is this feeling? even mine? <laughs> yeah, that's, you won't always remember that. I don't. And it's fascinating how often it's not ours, but is this even mine? That is something that I did first hear from Access Consciousness. Uh, we talked about that, but it's so true. I can't even ask who does this belong to because I will go crazy like, whose is this? Whose thoughts are in my head right now? This is horrible. <laughs> I'll just be like, okay, is this mine? And then it will very often go away completely. Now, if you find that you ask that and it hasn't gone away often, just ask, is is there something I need to be aware of here? Because we tend to fight against awareness. We we don't want to be aware because we have so much judgments going on. If I'm aware, then I'll be aware that I don't feel good and I don't have enough money and I'm tired and yada, yada. But if you just ask, what am I aware of? And you stop resisting it, the energy around that yucky feeling will start to melt away. And then what I like to do is give myself permission that if I want to feel sad, then I go all in. Like, you go ahead, Althea. Do you really want to feel sad right now? Not make it wrong, but like, if you want to feel sad, feel sad. If you give yourself permission to feel whatever you're feeling in the moment without resistance, it will go away much, much faster. I'll be like ready for a full, full blown meltdown on the couch. And I'll be like, man, that's 30 seconds and I'm done crying. I'm already over it. And then you move on. And so really saying to myself after that, do you really want to think about this? Do you really want to focus on this feeling that's not comfortable? Do you really want to rehash arguments or uncomfortable things in your mind and be real with yourself? And I just say, I'm not doing this to myself anymore. I give myself permission, but once it's gone on for a little while, then I come in and I'm like, nah, we're done. (laughs) We're not doing this anymore. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) So, and you have the power to do that. You have the power. Every single person has the power to do that. Yeah. Powerful. I think a lot of us just uh, are kind of in a program, um, you know, in a program that we don't necessarily want to be running. So, uh, and it's, it's so interesting because I think a lot of us, I, I think we really do feel a confinement of the possibilities of who we can be, right? It's just based on what we see around us as opposed to our imagination. And so I want to talk about why you chose the name Creative Clearing and also what is quantum healing because that's uh, the modality that you practice. Yeah, I mean, Creative Clearings is because I'm doing clearing. I just always called it that. And I'm really, really creative and I love art and anything to do with art and music. And it's also a play on 
we're creating our realities and I'm helping other people create. So what I have found in life that it is a combination of you create, you like it or you don't like it, you clear, you create some more, you create, you clear, you create, you clear. So that, that was where I came up with it. And it's just fun and playful and just fit the energy of what I was bringing to the world. As far as quantum, I love the word quantum. My father was reading quantum physics books when I was a little kid. So I was always like picking up on that. And I always would see the quantum field before I even saw like a picture of NASA that showed what it looked like from their point of view. I had actually painted it and I had already seen what it looked like in mind's eye. So just to give a name to what I do, because I do my own thing, I just like, we'll just call it quantum healing. That's, <laughs> that's what happened with that. <laughs> and I love it. So, and it keeps it, it feels very unlimited to me because I don't like to be limited by any modalities. I really like to freestyle. And I think it's important for me that I go with the flow of whatever's being presented to me in any given moment so that I don't get stuck in points of view and limited. So the quantum energy feels so unlimited and just pure potential to me. So that's also why. Mm, Beautiful. So Althea, um, you know, I'd love to talk a little bit about your journey. You know, what brought you to the space? You mentioned you've been healing people since you were young. I know that we've talked about this a little bit um, behind the scenes, um, but I'd, I'd love for you to share with our audience because I think so, you know a lot of people, we have about 70 countries uh, represented in, in our audience. So a lot of people are maybe new to um, these, what is it called? Like clear audience, clear sentience, these like extrasensory perceptions um, mm-hmm. that people have. And then others are very familiar with it. So I'd love for you to just share about you know, what, what does that mean? Like, what can you access and see that other people can't? Cause, and I, and I say this because I, I know that when you and I get together, we, um, we can feel rooms and spaces as well. Mm-hmm. And I know that you have a lot more, uh, extrasensory perceptions than the average person, you know, by a lot. So if <laughs> you could just ah, talk about that. <laughs> good times. Um, I mean, the one the one that people tend to get the most focused on is they want to see stuff. I want to see it. I want to see it. And it doesn't always show up that way. I see things very, very vividly. I feel things. I perceive things beyond what we could comprehend or have a label for. Very rarely do I smell energy. I'm grateful for that. Um, sometimes I'll smell energy, but that one's not super big on my list. So that that's good. But hearing things absolutely... Um, talking to bodies is a big thing for me too. And so as a little kid, I was just super aware and I'm very grateful to my parents that they were so open-minded, but I remember being really young, like maybe a year old. And I remembered being consciously aware of my body. And I remember looking around at everyone and I was so happy and I just liked to dance and play. And I remembered having the thought, everyone forgot that they're God that my point of view is what has always been truth for me is that we're all part of God's source energy. Whatever your beliefs are, there's a part of you that knows and feels that oneness with everyone. So as a kid and I realized, oh shit, everybody forgot their God and they're like pretending they're not. I started turning down my energy until I was around maybe 13. And then it started just flowing full force. I started seeing things. I didn't, I didn't want to see that. I'm a very skeptical person, Yasmin. And I'm like, why am I seeing these, you know, intergalactic beings in my living room? And I was just a little kid and it was a little scary. 
And so I started to think I would study books about astrology and yoga and all these different things. And I, they were helpful, but it didn't really bring me what I was looking for. And what I was looking for was that it was okay to be me. That whatever I was perceiving, me feeling good about myself, remembering that I was connected to everyone and being able to heal people by moving energy and actually just seeing them healthy was a good thing. And that it was okay for me to step into that. And so I went through a lot of healing for myself. I used to be overweight. I had really bad anxiety when I was younger because I was hearing other people's thoughts all the time. And I'm like, am I crazy? What's happening? And so that was why I started getting into learning about energy more. And one of the, the biggest catalysts for me in energy was a woman named Donna Eden. She was very popular. Um, she taught about the body and meridians and meridian tracing. And she's such a sweet, lovely lady. And that was one of her books, Energy Medicine, was the book that really helped me to open up to this is safe and this is good for you to expand on these skills. And then when my mom passed away in 2013, that was when everything really, really expanded to like the push of you're going to help other people with this. Wow. Ooh, getting emotional. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Oh my. (sighs) Thank you for sharing that journey. And, um, and also I love that your name represents kind of the work that you do, which I think is (laughs) is brilliant. Can you tell us what Althea means? Althea is the Greek goddess of healing, and it was my grandmother's name. Yeah, so... Was your grandmother also able to, um, you know, perceive things outside of our like the five senses? I would say yes. You know, this was something that wasn't really talked about growing up, because I think for many years, depending on where you lived and the culture, that it was just something that people kind of hid and kept to themselves. It wasn't widely accepted. And so I would say absolutely. And my mother had a lot, a lot of intuition and my aunts. Um, so yeah, but it, it wasn't something that was talked about. And then just me, I'm I'm kind of a firecracker, big mouth. I came in here like, we're changing this. People need to stop <laughs> being ashamed of all this cool stuff they can do. So yeah, I think they were just more quiet. Just more like, nope, not going to tell people. I'm like, well, I will <laughs> move out of my way. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I've, yeah, so many people have really transformed their lives from the work that you do. And Althea, I was wondering, I mean, you know, you could say no, but uh, it would be fun to do like a five minute meditation just for people listening. Okay. And it could, you know, we could pick a subject like, I know that you've got a lot of different um, things that you work on, but maybe it's just about clearing other people's energy, maybe get becoming more grounded and present. Okay. That could be like a fun, like five minute one before we continue. All right, stop me because I'll get rolling and it'll be an hour. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you want me to do it now? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Okay, preferably do not listen to this while driving. All right, so take a nice deep breath. Close your eyes if you'd like. And just notice how you're feeling. Notice how your body's feeling. Notice the surface that you're sitting on or lying on. Start to relax and melt into your body more. I'm just going to disentangle everyone. 
releasing all thoughts, feelings, beliefs, patterns, programs that you may have picked up from other people, other things. And relaxing a little bit more as we start to calm and rebalance your nervous system. And remember that you are in control the entire time. You can receive the shifts if you like. If you don't, let it just float past you. Everything will move perfectly for each individual person listening. Rebalancing the brain hemispheres. And I'm going to clear a little bit of energy out of the amygdala and limbic system as we calm down any sort of stress or worry or trauma disentangling more quickly. Another deep breath as you start to expand your energy out through all of your cells, all of your molecules, and just noticing any places that you are avoiding and just go ahead, take up more and more space. I'm still going to disentangle and clear out any confusion. Any confusion, any distractions around what you truly desire to create and just activating and allowing that you have awareness. Easy awareness. This is what I want to create now. going to release any physical or energetic toxins now out of everyone's bodies and field and clearing out if you'd like any habitual patterns and magnetizing of other people's thoughts and feelings to your body and energy field disentangle now and that every day it's becoming easier for you to be aware of what thoughts and feelings are yours as opposed to others and that you can easily let other energies just float past you and you get to choose how you feel and where your focus is. And then we're going to amplify that every day you are trusting yourself more and more. You trust yourself to take care of you, to make the right choices for you. Trusting what you know. Let's amplify that everyone's unique ways of perceiving energy and awareness starts to gently amplify and that you all have fun with it. Pulling in any other awarenesses, frequencies being asked for. Taking another nice deep breath as you bring your attention back to your body, back into the room. Mm. Very nice, Althea. That was beautiful. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. 
Oh, yeah. I'm very sensitive to energy, so I can definitely feel that. And I, it's so funny as you were going through that, the sun just came out. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) So Althea, why do you think that this subject is important? Well, it's something that we do have control over is our thoughts that we really do create our reality but what we by what we choose to focus on and what we choose to think and we do get programmed in childhood it's you know not not the fault of our parents or people that raise us but it happens to them as well that patterns and programs just get passed down over and over and over again until someone finally says wait a minute i don't have to do it like this anymore that you just decide for yourself that I'm going to disentangle from whatever my family thought was right here and I'm going to do what's right for me. And if we don't actually take control of our thoughts, we're going to be at the effect of everyone and everything all day, all night, and we're not going to enjoy our life. It's it's not enjoyable to, I kind of see it as being in the ocean and just getting whipped around by the waves that you're at the whim of someone else's thoughts and feelings, or this is the way the family always did it. So I have to do it that way. And it's just simply not true that you got to give yourself or you can give yourself permission to choose any thought that you want. You do have that freedom any moment, any time of the day or night, you can decide what you're going to think and what you're going to feel, no matter if it feels too big, too scary, too much has happened. I promise you, you do have that power. And I can guarantee everyone listening, you could find at least one time in your life where you did just that. There's been times where maybe something was going on and you didn't like it and it went on and on and on. And then one day you were just like, enough, I'm done. Being done with something is a way of saying that you just collapsed out a pattern. And all it takes, if you get down to the nitty gritty, is you just choosing it. Saying boom, done. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to think about it anymore. This this is done. So I encourage everyone to just take a moment and think back all those times that you stopped a pattern. You just said nope, no more. And how many times when you truly 100% choose something, you always get it. And if you didn't get something that you said you wanted, you either didn't want it or you weren't fully committed to it. Just take a look at all that and look back over your life because I have plenty of references and other people <laughs> I talk to have plenty. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's so thank you so much for that. It's such a powerful reminder for all of us listening. Um, and you know, in terms of just enjoying our lives and being aware of the thoughts that we're that we're focused on and we're creating, I think again, so many of us are just living on autopilot. So this is such a powerful exercise. And even, you know, for those of us who are aware, I think it's still hard. It's, it does take daily practice. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sort of in the process of re-examining all my thoughts all day long and, and it's, you know, it's definitely, it's tough. Um, it, it can be very tough. (laughs) It can be, but I would say that We want to reaffirm that this is getting easier and easier for me every day. And one of the key pieces I found that makes it easier is be aware of the feeling in your body. 
when you start having so-called negative thoughts or things that you don't like, your body will give you a reaction. I always feel, I call it crunchy. I feel restricted, like I've collapsed down. I feel crunchy. I feel agitated. You could feel something like that, but even ask your body to give you an awareness and you will notice that will show up that whenever you're thinking thoughts that really aren't in alignment with what you want, you will have an awareness in the body and then you can reframe it. That way you don't drive yourself nuts all day looking for, you know, reframing thoughts. You really don't have to do that. You just catch yourself when you're in a negative thought and reframe it. But most of the day, you just find ways to feel good and be lighter about it all. You don't have to like psychoanalyze every thought you have because that does not sound fun at all. Um, yeah, but just, I, I've used that a lot. Hey body. Hey, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to just put that in motion that I have a gentle yet very clear awareness. Anytime I'm getting off track, anytime I'm getting distracted, anytime I've taken on someone else's thoughts or feeling, and I take my power back and I change it. And I've gotten really, really good at it. Setting a reminder on the phone is very helpful too. maybe an hour or two or three times a day. Just that check in with yourself, check in with yourself every hour. Check in with yourself. I love that. I love that. And (laughs) Althea, what what sort of things have surprised you on this journey? Oh, gosh. (laughs) Um, Quite a few things, I guess. One of the the funniest things was I've been doing this for a really long time, and I'm like, I can do anything. Like, whatever you need, come on over here. We'll fix it up. We'll change it up. And just like the other weekend, my friend was camping. And she had some people that were like in her camp area. And she asked me, she rarely asked me for anything, but she's like, Althea, can you send some energy so that they'll leave? Now, when I do stuff like that, we're never talking about sending like a wave and crashing people, like doing anything bad to anyone. We're not talking about that. We're just shifting realities to where those people don't, or they're not there anymore, or don't want to be there. So I've been watching this Obi-Wan Kenobi show because I love Star Wars since I was a kid. So I kind of just, I mean, this was less than 30 seconds. I was like, sure, I'll send some energy. And I saw like this beautiful wave of energy go through their campsite. And then I just, with the, with the intention, I said, you don't want to be here. Like, you don't want to be here. You want to be somewhere else. Within three minutes, they were gone. And then she said, when she woke up in the morning, they were completely gone. And of all the years of doing this, little things like that, where it just, barely had any any time put into it at all shifts so quickly because I didn't have a point of view so you notice like things that we don't have a point of view about they tend to manifest or actualize quicker so little things like that are fun for me still like I still get really excited when I see my clients um having big breakthroughs too that they start having big awarenesses on their own um I'm trying to I'm I'm having a blank probably because we're recording this and you're asking me <laughs> oh, like well Althea I want to also because you just said if you have no point of view then things can happen faster uh what do you mean by that well the points of view that we tend to have about things that we make a big deal is that it's a big deal that, oh, that's too hard. Like, you know how it's very common when people are manifesting that they want to practice with manifest a drink or a parking spot because they've made those things easier in their mind rather than it's just as easy for anything to actualize, but it's our thoughts that say it's not that make it so. So you could, I think it's the same as it says in the Bible. I'm, I'm not going to get the wording correct, but it's, you know, it's as easy to move a mountain as to do such and such. So manifesting the coffee, 
manifesting the parking spot is simple to, to most people. They'd be like, oh, that's easy. Like nobody, nobody cares. That's easy. But having the ideal romantic relationship is a big, significant deal for a lot of people. So the fact that they have all of these points of view that it's difficult or they've been hurt in the past or they're not good enough, whatever the stories are, that those are the things that push it away. Mm, yes. I love, love, love that. Yeah. It's the the sort of bigger things in life. It's, it's our perspective that makes it, I think more, there's more of a resistance there when, when we think it's big, it's a story that we're telling ourselves. <laughs> yeah. So tell it good. You're making it all up, make it good. So this is the easiest thing for me ever. This is so easy for me. I always get this and you'll feel like you're lying to yourself, but I mean, my point of view is we lie to ourselves when we say crappy stories all the time. Like that's not necessarily true, but we often take those as truth more quickly and easily than you're amazing. You're amazing. You're beautiful. You have so many awesome skills and talents and just you being, you are an infinite magical being and full of love and so many great qualities that's truth to me. And that's why even if people can't receive that kindness fully, that it feels good. And people tend to giggle when I say stuff like that. Like, you're amazing. You can have whatever you want. And people get a little shy and then they're like, yeah, girl, I know. So yeah, you got to talk yourself up. You talk yourself up. <laughs> I love it. Do you like set like a timer each day to do that for yourself or, or is it, does it just come naturally now? It's very, very natural now, but I, I do, I, I had to take the app off because that's not my phone. I think I need a new app. I would set an hourly timer just to check in with myself. And what does the, the check-in feel like? Like, what do you say? I, I check in and I just, I make sure that my energy is expanded. That's number one for me. Just make sure that I'm expanded, that I haven't retracted and to make sure that my energy field is clean. Like I can kind of tell, but I'm in sessions all day and, you know, you get kind of distracted, but just to check in to ask myself, is there anything that I need? So it could be food, could be water, but like anything and really being open to what the answer is, having no preconceived notion, but Althea, do you need anything? What, and then what would you like to do? And sometimes I'll throw in, you know, um, a quick visual or something. If I'm working on something in particular, I will uh, saturate myself in that state of that thing already being done. It's really whatever you want to do, but check in with yourself and see if you need anything because then you're not neglecting yourself anymore. You might be surprised what you find out. <laughs> what about like, um, I find that a lot of people reach for like addictions or distractions when they feel really dis disconnected from themselves. Um, what like, what do you do when you feel disconnected from yourself? What's sort of like the next step or thing that you do? I find it very helpful to put my hand on my heart area, sometimes around my belly, but having that connection and that moment, and then just taking a deep breath, taking a deep conscious breath will automatically recenter us and just slow yourself down for a minute. And then just asking what am I aware of? I, I have that happen still too. I'll get on my phone, not even, I read a lot, but I'll get on my phone and just start moving my finger around. Um, I'll, I'll notice at times just doing nothingness and then I'll stop and go, oh, wait a minute, I'm aware of something. What am I aware of that I don't want to be aware of? I'm avoiding. So you catch yourself when you're going into those hypnotic trances because that's basically what it is. You're in a trance. 
You're in a trance state where you're going back into patterns that you probably don't want, these default things. So don't judge yourself. It happens to everyone. I have not met a single person that doesn't try to check out or numb out or get distracted. But I find that it's usually an avoidance of something you're feeling or something that you're aware of. And it could be you're aware of something nearby, and it doesn't mean it's bad, but you're just aware of energy. You could be aware of a neighbor. You could be aware of something happening on the other side of the planet, intergalactically. Thankfully, you don't need to know, but just simply acknowledging that you're aware of something will help to melt away the resistance. Mm. Mm, I love that. Okay. That's great. I will try that. And I, and I love that you said trance. I <laughs> just um, yeah. picked up this book called The Trances People Live In, which... Uh, it was funny. I'm like, did did you mention that on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> I was picking up the word trance. It's it's very accurate. I mean, we were walking around in trances. We're in and out of trances all day. You could liken them to states of being. I mean, you could you could kind of sort of use those interchangeably to to uh, an extent. Oh, it's so and it's so interesting because I think we can always tell when someone else is in a trance. Like, I mean, <laughs> right? But yes. people, but we oftentimes can't tell when we're in a trance. So I I think I think what's so interesting about like relationships and people is that whenever we go into these trance states or we disconnect, I think it's like instead of approaching it as like a personal attack, I think it's it can actually just be used as like a an observation point on, you know, what's going on with another person. It's like less about us. So that's, that's something I've just been thinking about a lot lately. You know, that when people are in trances, that's, it's just their, you know, it's, it's mostly their programming. It has nothing to do with me. Um, and I just, yeah, I find that whole kind of episodes to be interesting. Well, that is true that it's their stuff. And a lot of people have a lot of trauma responses that get activated at different times. And I've said this to you before, that we don't necessarily need to know the whys, but just doing your best to see everyone, including yourself, whole, happy, healthy, complete. Just see everyone in the best light. Um, you don't have to give people energy. And there are a few people in my past, I'm a nice person, but I'm like, I'm not giving them any more energy, but I'm not going to wish people bad either. But you have the ability as a powerful, infinite being you are to say, okay, so-and-so seems to not be doing very well. Well, I'm not going to see them that way. I'm going to hold that space that any time I think of this person, they're only going to be whole and well and complete in my mind. That I'm not going to play into something that they're projecting for me to see them as not doing well. I'm going to take my power back and like, no, I won't see you that way. I see you well. So seeing that someone's in a trauma response is very life-changing because then you come from a space of kindness and you also notice where not to get in maybe an argument or a discussion with that person when you acknowledge that they can't receive you from that space. So then I would go inwards and start changing your perception of them. Like, nope, they're doing well. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's, that's pretty like, it gets a little wonky, but it's good. Oh, <laughs> uh, things I wish I knew 10 years ago. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> There's a lot of things I wish I knew 10 years ago. <laughs> um, what do you want to tell our listeners about their health, wellness, and well-being? What's your main takeaway, Althea? Be kind. Be kind to yourself. Just maybe even be open to, am I being kind to myself? Because we do things, like you said, out of default and trances. 
start asking, like, am I being kind to myself? And what would it take for me to be a little more kind with myself? And not judging your food, not judging your drinks, because you're giving a very powerful command to everything you ingest if you have all of these negative points of view. Like I've heard women say, if I ate this, it would go straight to my thighs. Well, you just gave a powerful command for that food to go straight to your thighs. So just seeing everything and everyone as an extension of you and just set the intention, for lack of a better word, to that all of your food, all of your drink, all of your relationships contribute to you, your health, vitality, and well-being. And then you get to be that for others as well, that people are there to support you and allow them in whatever way to support and contribute to you. Mm. Beautiful. I am so inspired and feel grateful for this conversation. I think a lot of people listening will as well. Um, and so where can people find you? I had uh, jokingly told you before this conversation, I said, I, I actually like hesitate uh, having this interview because I feel like I'm not going to be able to work with you afterwards. <laughs> so um, No, no, no. I'll totally make time for you. Um, they can go to the website, www.creativeclearings.com. Com. Um, I'm not really on social media. I have social media, but I haven't been on there in a while because I just haven't felt inspired to. So the website, and then they can contact me, email me. There's sessions, there's audios, you know, that's it. Yeah. Althea is a, a very uh, great secret. <laughs> best kept, <laughs> some of the best kept secrets. And so if, to those listening, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Yes. I'm a little, I'm a little bit of a hermit. I, I like to hermit. <laughs> It's true. I love it. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for your time, Althea. This was so lovely. I um, learned so much and I'm just really grateful for your time. Thank you, Yasmin. I'm so happy that you had me on. I'm very, very grateful. And thank you to everyone listening. Yay. <laughs> so for our audience, thanks for joining and for listening. In this episode, we learned about how we create our own reality with Althea Montgomery. And you can tune in to Gateways to Awakening, where we host one-on-one conversations with leading experts in wellness, well-being, and spirituality. Thanks again.